It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Town, Petco Park, a new beginning, let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Rockin the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knockin them down. Baby says she want to go to the game. To the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the, rockin the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knockin them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, that. Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 207 of the Talking for Hours podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden, coming to you after the Padres took two out of three this weekend against the Minnesota Twins at Petco Park. Uh, that was a much-needed series win. I'll definitely say that right off the top here. Uh, you lose that series to the Tigers. You had that Sunday night game last Sunday night against the Mets where there were some things that fell apart there. A little bit of sloppy play. There was definitely some sloppy play in Detroit. Um, and then I'm not saying that there wasn't sloppy play like yesterday on Saturday, but to come back, get this series win uh, is huge, especially going into the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, Anthony here in the chat says, are you nervous for the deadline? I mean, a little bit. I just have that thought in the back of my head that the Dodgers are going to come in and go take Juan Soto. Uh, you know, we're hearing the Padres, we're hearing the Nationals, or excuse me, the, the Cardinals in conversations with the Nationals about acquiring Juan Soto. We haven't really heard anything about the Dodgers. Um, there was a report out, I forget who it was by, but there was a report out, I think today, that there's three finalists for the Juan Soto uh, sweepstakes. The Padres, the Cardinals, and then the Dodgers. We're hearing the Padres and the Cardinals being really interested, and it seems like the Padres are willing to give up a lot of prospects, high prospects, more than the Cardinals are, and the Cardinals are more willing to give up um, major league-ready, controllable players than the Padres are. 
so you hear about those two teams. You don't hear about the Dodgers. And last year, we heard that the Dodgers and the Padres were finalists for Max Scherzer. We were hearing more about the Padres. Obviously, we were hearing more about them because Ken Rosenthal tweeted that the Padres were close to acquiring him. And then we saw how that, you know, ended up. So that's just always in the back of my head. I'm just nervous about, I'm not nervous about it, the Padres coming up short like they did last trade deadline and like not making a move at all. What I'm more worried about is the Dodgers getting Soto and then the Padres maybe not having enough time to go get someone that they actually want, like or someone that like a significant offensive addition. You know, I I feel like Contreras is their backup plan. But what if the Mets all of a sudden feel like they want to overpay because they know they're not going to get Soto, so they want to go get in front of the Padres before the Soto deal happens and go snatch up Contreras? You know, like, I, I'm just worried about that a little bit. I think that Preller will make moves. Um, he has less than 48 hours to do so. I just think those Dodgers, man, they're always in the back of our heads, you know? Sometimes in the front. Um, all right, so Padres took two out of three in this twin series. If you have any more questions or comments about the trade deadline, I'll definitely get to those at some point during this episode, so feel free to give your thoughts as the episode goes along. This episode is brought to you by Gaglion Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries. They're located inside Petco Park during the Padres season. Also, they have two locations outside Petco. Mission Gorge, and Point Loma. You can visit gaglionbros.com to view their entire menu. Uh, great garlic fries, cheesesteaks. Uh, if you've ever had them, you know that they're great. I actually had some at Petco the other day, I think Friday night, and the fries were skinny fries, but they there were a lot of fries in there. So uh, they definitely hook you up good at Petco. And uh, I did... Give away some of those free sandwich cards earlier in the season. Maybe we'll do that a little bit later in the year as well. Uh, so they are the sponsor. Feel free, gaglionbros.com. Put that into your uh, web browser uh, for your the addresses, the phone numbers, the locations, all that stuff. So, All right, so Padres, we'll work our way back from Sunday's game, today's game, Saturday, Friday, uh, talking about the series. And today, Padres win 3-2. to two. You know, I can't say that I was expecting the Padres to win this game, especially when, um, you know, they were, they were, it was tied 1-1. They were chasing down 2-1 to at one point in that sixth inning before they scored those two runs in the bottom half of the sixth. Crony came up big with the game-tying knock, and then Voigt came up big uh, with the go-ahead RBI single blooped into right field. And then you just didn't know really how the Padres were going to finish off that game in the bullpen because obviously Taylor Rodgers wasn't the closer anymore going into this series. Then you had uh, Nick Martinez go on the paternity list. So it just didn't, it was like, okay, who are they going to go to? You saw Tim Hill go in there in the eighth inning. It's kind of confused about that. But then you, when I looked at the bullpen situation, it's like, okay, well, I mean, who else are they going to go to? Morahone, I believe, threw back-to-back -back days. You know, Lamette threw back-to-back -back days. I know that for sure. Like, who are they going to go to? Uh, and they went with, because they already threw Chris Matt in the seventh inning. 
And then in the ninth inning, they go with Garcia. Um, so I think once they got past Tim Hill, or once Tim Hill got past the Twins in that eighth inning, I was confident that the Padres were going to win that game. Uh, but there was some weird stuff. I mean, Bob Melvin was ejected. I'll probably have a breakdown, lip reading, try to get that done tonight at some point and put that out there. Uh, I haven't looked. I was at the game, so I put the video out of me filming the ejection. Um, I have not looked at the video yet, so hopefully there's some good stuff there, and we'll see if there is. Um, so maybe I'll have that out tonight. Um, so that was weird. That that play or that ejection happened after Eric Hosmer. He made a catch, and from my angle, it didn't look like the ball hit the net. Maybe you can make the case that Hosmer used the net to keep the ball in his glove, but I don't know about you guys. If there was an angle on TV, like, did the ball hit the net? I didn't really think that it did um, as it was coming down. Maybe Hosmer pushed the net with his glove to catch the ball, but I didn't, at least in the ballpark, I didn't think that it hit the net as it was coming down like the umpire said, and Bo Mel got pissed off and got rung. Uh, he got thrown out. It's not, it wasn't surprising that he got thrown out. One, because it's the rules. And two, the umpires can't do anything about it. So you're yelling at a wall, essentially. Uh, I know that you're kind of doing that in regular ejections as well, like to a strike three call or anything. Like they can't go back and say, oh, no, that wasn't a strike. Ball four. Like you can't do that. Um, so, you know, they were kind of talking to a wall, like I just said, because the umpires can't do anything about a review. Uh, so that was a weird thing there that happened in the fifth inning, I believe. That was, was it 1-1 at that time? Or it was either 1-1 or one nothing because Profar hit the home run. Um, I think it was one nothing at the time because later in that inning, I think it was Miranda who hit the home run. Or was it Arise? Arise, I think, hit the first home run to right field, and then Miranda hit the second home run to left center, I want to say. So, I mean, Shamanaya, this is a big takeaway from this game. He, he bounced back. Props to him. Um, last time out, obviously, against the Tigers, he did not pitch well. Gave up nine runs in total. Four of them were earned. Obviously, that was the game where Hosmer ball was hit right to him at like 75 miles an hour. And instead of fielding it like a normal human being, just right regular, uh, he tries to backhand it, and that just starts the snowball effect of a terrible inning. A grand slam happened in that inning. None of that happened in this game. Uh, Hosmer did make a big pick, I believe, or a good pick at some point in this game. I forget what inning, uh, but for some reason that play kind of stood out to me. Um, but, I mean, Manaya today, six innings, gave up two earned runs, four hits, walked three, struck out seven. Early in the game, it really felt like he was, uh, like, striking out pretty much everyone that he faced. Like, it was a strikeouts up. He didn't start his outing out great. Uh, I believe the first, I mean, he walked Buxton, and then Correa smashed a ball to center, but it was right at Grisham. Then he walked Polanco. But then he bounced back, got the shutout, excuse me, got the shutout first inning, uh, struck out Garlic, struck out Miranda. Uh, I think both of those were fast. One of them was a fastball, I know that, fastball up. I think that was to Miranda. So he bounced back there. Uh, he had a 1-2-3 second inning, 1-2-3 third inning. 
made Buxton look pretty bad, I think, in that third inning. One, two, three, fourth inning, so he was rolling. Then in the fifth, he gave up the home run, two singles, um, but he got out of it there, struck out Buxton, intentionally walked Correa to load the bases, and then got the force out from Polanco uh, to end the inning and then keep it at two earned runs allowed. So that's a huge, huge outing out of him. And that kept the Padres in the game. And then the Padres ended up taking 3-2 lead. And there you go. They, they get the series win. Um, you know, Crony, obviously, coming up huge. It was a topic of conversation a little bit. Uh, Grisham was on third base. Manny flied out, or flew out, sorry, flew out to center. Some thought Grisham should have tagged, and it should have been an RBI sack fly for Manny. But Buxton, he wasn't playing totally deep. The ball wasn't hit super deep. And it ended up being a pretty good throw. And you got to look at it. That was only the first out of the inning. You had Crony and then, what, Voigt coming up next? Two of your best hitters in the lineup. Crony, definitely. And then Crony comes through, RBI single to right. And then that ended up being the right move to not try to run and force things. If there was one out, then maybe you do it. But there was that... Manny pop up or that Manny fly out to center that was the first out it's not like it was the second out um you know and where crony could have gotten out and that would have ended the inning no they had two extra chances after the the Manny pop up so um it ended up paying off i mean then like i mentioned Bomel got ejected Hassan Kim made a couple really good plays in this game line drives diving plays um the twins they had some pretty high exit velocities in this game, but some of them were hit right at the Padres. And that was kind of like yesterday's game, yesterday's game for the Padres. They kind of had some bad luck too. I know they were like two for 10 with runners in the scoring position. That doesn't look great. And after the game, that's what I was talking about. Now they just need to produce with runners in scoring position. But there was a lot. I think it was like 12 balls that they hit over 100 miles an hour yesterday uh, in that loss. Now they still lost the game and that's all that matters. You know, it's a, results-based business, but, uh, you know, the offense did show up pretty well in this series. With that said, they still need help. They still need to go get Juan Soto or some offensive help. Uh, they're not going to win a World Series with this lineup. Even when Will Myers comes back, he's probably going to come back tomorrow. According to Bob Melvin, Eric Hosmer exited today's game with some neck tightness. Neck tightness, air quotes. Uh, Okay, maybe he has neck tightness, but maybe they want ha or Myers to go play first base tomorrow. Uh, and he exited the game today after getting his at-bats. And Abrams played second, Crony played first. That was the defensive changes. You know, Ruiz went and played right. Um, so he would have been out of the game anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's the update on Myers. I think he played today, went over. He played first base for El Paso. He's been playing that a good amount. Uh, he played the outfield a couple days ago, or maybe it was yesterday. But he played first today. I think he played first. Might have been on Friday. I think he went 0 for 4 today, but that's not what we're really worried about. Uh, we're just kind of focusing on, okay, what position is he playing? They're not putting him at first base for no reason. They're going to play him at first base when he comes up. Maybe it's against lefties even though Hosmer hits better against lefties than righties this year, uh, or they'd play him there every day because they're sick and tired of Hosmer, or they find a trade for Hosmer. Now, Kevin Acey did report 
was it yesterday? Uh, he was talking about how the Padres have, they're in a lot of things. Soto, Contreras, eight or nine different things, according to one person that told him, uh, one of his sources. And Eric trading Eric Hosmer is not one of those things the Padres are doing right now, according to him. Now he does have a history of, like, you know, defending Hosmer and being pro-Hosmer. So take with that what you will. Uh, I'm just telling you what AC said, that Hosmer is, they're not, I don't think they're, like, aggressively trying to trade Hosmer. I mean, they want to trade Hosmer. I'm sure they do. They don't want to have him here for the next three years after this year, even though it's $7 million less per year. You're still paying the guy $13 million a year when he's not producing at $13 million a year, you know, at that level. Um, but I think they're, they've realized that, look, you're, they're not going to find a suitor. They should just focus on Soto and, and Contreras at the same time. If they can't get Soto, then you go get Contreras or Ian Happ or both. Uh, it feels like the Padres are the main suitor for Contreras, and the Cubs are just waiting for this, just like a lot of the league, they're just waiting for the Soto stuff to end, right? Um, let me get through the comments here. Before getting to Saturday's game, which was pretty sloppy, Bill says that he has a feeling the Padres are just going to get Gallo and the Dodgers get Soto. Well, that would suck. Uh, Gallo, he has sucked this year. People can say, People in New York can say, oh, bring Joey Gallo to a smaller market. He'll have more success. I mean... Okay, the Padres are a smaller market than the, than the Yankees, than New York, but we have a passionate fan base too, and we're going to get on you. I mean, look how we've got on Hosmer. Yeah, sure, there, there, there's those casual fans at the game when the Padres introduce Hosmer before the game. There's still those claps, but the, you know, the real fans that watch every day, we're going to get on We get on Hosmer, and if Gallo sucks, we're going to get on him. You know, like. Do they need, I don't think having Gallo in the lineup over like Mazzara and definitely Myers, like, no thanks. I don't think that makes the team better. So if that happens, yeah, that would really suck. That would be Preller striking out. Getting Gallo, that's not a big move at all. Like, that's a move I don't think they even should be making. Yeah, Glorianne, I kind of talked about this. She says, do you think... Haas actually has a neck strain, or do you think he's on the IL to make room to try Myers at first? Yeah. I don't know if he's going to go on the injured list, but I think they're setting it up for, oh, he has a neck strain. We're putting, we're calling Myers up, sending Batten down. Because remember, Batten's still on this team. I forget that sometimes. Sending, um, or p pulling up Myers, sending Batten down, and just giving Haas an off day, a couple off days, maybe three days off in a row and giving Myers that chance to play first base consistently. Oh, Haas has a neck strain. Don't want to put him on the IL, but uh, we don't want him at first base. Maybe that's what they're doing. All right, let's get, yeah, good comment here by Dan. Thankfully, some same old Pagan. Yeah, in Saturday's game, which we'll get to right now, where the Padres lost, Pagan pitched good, or maybe the Padres offense just didn't show up, but Pagan pitched good. Today, he gave up the lead. Uh, tie game and then gave up the lead. Um, so that was good to see the old Pagan, the Pagan that we saw last year in September giving up 
back-to-back-to-back home runs to the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium and giving up that big home run. For some reason, I remember it uh, against the Cardinals when they were on that big winning streak at the end, like 21 straight games, gave up that home run when they should have won that game in St. Louis. Uh, Yeah, it was good to see the old Pagan. All right, so before we get to Saturday's game, just a reminder, I'm at 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel now. Um, So... If you're listening live here on YouTube or watching live on YouTube here, there's the Super Chat button down in the comments. If you want to support the channel that way, I'd appreciate that. Or just want to hit the subscribe button if you're not subscribed already. Uh, daily Padres content for Padres fans by a huge Padres fan, so I really appreciate the support there. And for the podcast listeners out there on Apple Podcast or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, I appreciate you uh, as well. So moving to Saturday's game, Padres lost. Seven to four to the twins. By the way, I have family in Minnesota, so I'm hopefully if they're listening to this, suck it. Sucks to suck, huh? Um, no, that the twins are in first place in their division. It's not a good division, but I'm glad that the Padres won. Not hearing a whole lot from my relatives in Minnesota, but if the twins would have won, they would have definitely been texting me. All right, moving to Saturday's game here. So seven four. Twins out hit the Padres 9-2, but they also had an additional error. The Padres, yeah, Jerks and Profar. When was this? Um, what was it, the fifth inning or something? Sixth inning? The Profar where he hit the umpire. Uh, seventh inning. Seventh inning, Profar would have tied the game here. I know I'm jumping way ahead, but he would have tied the game. Manny Homer in the third, by the way. Back-to-back days with the home run. Same thing for Buxton. Back-to-back days with the home run for him on Friday and Saturday. We'll get to Friday's game. But in that bottom of the seventh, Profar with Abrams on second, singled up the middle, looked like he was going to tie the game. Second base umpire Jerry Lane, I think is his name. He moved right into the ball, hit him, so it's a dead ball. Profar got first, kind of like a catcher's interference. And then Abrams didn't get to go to third base. He He stayed at second base which is just stupid. It's a single up the middle and he doesn't even get to go to third. I know it's a rule, but that's just the stupidest thing ever. Like, there's no one even close to go catch that ball. There's no way he would have stayed at second if the ball went through and he had to stay there. Um, so that would have tied the game if it would have went through because Abrams is fast. And the center fielder is playing on the other side of the bag. He's playing pretty deep. But that's unfortunate. But that's not the reason... I know that it went all downhill from there. Uh, And then the Abrams air, right, where he spiked it right into the ground where it could have been a double play, ended the inning, and instead he spikes it. Hosmer can't pick it. It's not on Hosmer. I know a lot of them are, but he spiked it at the ground at like 98 miles an hour, CJ. Like, that's on you. Inning should have been over. Instead, the Twins go score three more runs, and guess what? They win by three runs. So the Profar thing, yeah, that sucks, but that's not right. That's not the reason why they lost the game. Um, but I mean, Joe in this game, he pitched well. Like, let me pull up his line here: six innings, two earned runs, struck out eight, gave up one home run. His ERA is at two six five. He's probably going to be signing an extension tomorrow. Uh, his physical, according to Kevin AC, was or was expected to be done today. Hopefully, it was done today. And so it's expected to be officially announced tomorrow. And I'm going to the game tomorrow. So hopefully they do some ceremony. Why'd I say that like that? Ceremony? Ceremony? 
hopefully they do some that sort of thing at Petco. Um, and uh, I'm just glad. I'm glad that, that extension got knocked out. Five years, $100 million are the reported terms. Kevin AC in his newsletter this morning, he did six years. He said six years, $100 million. That was a mistake. I pointed that out to him on Twitter, and he said, yeah, it's a mistake. Five years, $100 million, like he was reporting the other day, like Lynn Rosenthal, like Cassaville, like all of them were reporting uh, on, I think, before Friday's game. So it's good to see Joe in a Padre uniform, it looks like, for the next five years through his age 34 season, I believe. Uh, so I'm, I'm very, very happy. Anyone on social media knows that I've been huge on the extend Grow Musfe or extend Musgrove, um, you know, message and trying to get that out there. And good thing the Padres got that done because if they didn't, Padre fans like myself would have been pretty pissed off. Uh, that's not someone that you let walk into free agency. It's just not. And I think uh, I said this in um, my reaction episode to the extension, episode 206, which is, which is available on YouTube and the podcast platforms. It's a good deal for both sides. Musgrove gets to stay here. $100 million is still a really good deal. That's something we're not going to see in our lifetime. And then for the Padres, they get more security for next year's rotation, which still has some question marks about who might return. Clevenger, Manaya, Martinez could all be free agents at the end of the year. Um, and you keep him through his prime. You don't have to give him eight years like the first offer was. Eight years, $88 million. It was like $11 million a year. You don't have to do that anymore. And you get it five years throughout his prime. I mean. This guy's only getting better. His ERA is better every year since 2019, or at least it has been. I think he has 15 quality starts this year. So already, uh, this this guy's the ultimate ace on this team. I know Darvish is pitching well too. Clevenger, uh, Manaya bounced back today. So that you know Snell's been pitching good uh, recently. So I, I'm really liking how the rotation's looking right now. And then you have Musgrove for the next five years after this. You got to be ecstatic, and I definitely am. And hopefully. That is going to be announced tomorrow. Uh, again, his line yesterday, six innings, two earned runs, walk two, struck out eight. ERA is 2.65, like I said. Uh, and then Chris Matt pitched well. Baez, Michelle Baez, props to him. I think it was his first time in like two years that he'd pissed on a major league mound because he had Tommy John and then rehab. And then this year, pitching in Lake Elsinore, then I think double A and then triple A for a little bit. I still don't know. I still don't understand why Jose Castillo's not up. They have. Steven Wilson up, barely using him. They have Lamette up over him. I know Lamette pitched pretty good yesterday, or Friday and Saturday. He looked pretty good, uh, but the guy still has a 9 for 9 ERA this year, and Wilson's just not pitching a lot. I'd rather have Jose Castillo up here than Wilson, but anyone who's listened to me and watched me, they, they know my thoughts on that already. Um, but Morahone, I mean, he was a big reason why they lost. He gave up that big home run to Correa yesterday. He just... Didn't look that great. And you knew that he wasn't going to be available today after pitching, uh, giving up four runs yesterday. And uh, how many pitches? 24 pitches yesterday. They were going to stay away from him if they could, and they did, and the Padres won today. So I'm glad they got the series win, but yesterday it was sloppy. Those are the games the Padres cannot continue to have, right? Before the Was it before the All-Star break? I think it was where you had Grisham dropping that ball in center at Coors Field, and obviously they had the 6 nothing lead against the Diamondbacks like a month ago, it feels like, at Chase Field, and Hosmer threw to the wrong bag, and Rodgers, obviously, um, he didn't look great in that game either, but blow the, blew the last two games that he's appeared in. He hasn't pitched in a while. Didn't pitch at all in this series. 
uh, after being or having the closer role taken from him, taken away from him. Um, you know, so it, it's good to it, it's good that Chris Matt pitched well this series. Morahone, I'm not really worried about him. Lamette has looked better. I think Rodgers is going to be pitching definitely uh, in this Colorado series. I mean, everyone's going to. It's a five-game series. It's it was it's five games in four days. You got the doubleheader on Tuesday. Tuesday is going to be a wild day. I mean, you got game one at one ten, and then in the middle of the game at three o'clock is the trade deadline. I might be going live during that, or maybe I'll be watching the game and stuff like that. But um, the trade deadline's at three. There's a break between the first and second game, so I'll probably be going live then uh, to give my reaction to the trade deadline. And then at 7, a little after 7 is game 2. It's going to be a wild day. Hopefully the Juan Soto news isn't happening on Tuesday and it happens tonight or on Monday because I don't want the Padres to be, I don't want it to be 1.30 in the afternoon or 2 o'clock in the afternoon here on the West Coast and they see Soto go to the Dodgers and now they have to get a deal done in the next hour or a couple deals done to get a power-hitting outfielder and if they want to get the Contreras deal done. You know, that just doesn't feel like a lot of time. I, I want it to happen tomorrow. And at this point, I'm just getting, I'm, I was tired of the Nationals last year where they used the Padres clearly in the Max Scherzer stuff because uh, Preller said the Padres weren't close to getting Scherzer at all. Like they hadn't talked in like eight hours before that Rosenthal tweet went out. So the Nationals used the Padres there. And I, I just have it in the back of my mind that they're uh, about what happened last year and that the Padres are going to use and they're going to be used by the Nationals again this year, whether that's the Cardinals benefiting from that with Soto or the Dodgers. And they're just, you know, because the Padres are like the big team right now that it's out there where you have reporters literally leaking players that are being involved and being thrown out there and players that the Padres are comfortable in giving up. And that's where it's just, it's like, okay, now we're being used. Like, the Cardinals front office, the Dodgers front office obviously sees this, and they're going to go tell the Nationals, hey, we have a better deal on the table right here. We can, we can give you more than Morahone, Wood, Hassel. Did I say Abrams already? Like We can give you more than that. That's, that's the reported names that are out there. Uh, we can give you major league ready players. You want Dylan Carlson, and you want um, Mason Wynn. I'm talking about the Cardinals guys. You want those guys? We can give you those guys. Uh, like, that's what I feel like is going to happen. I feel like we're being used. I'm obviously going to be ecstatic if we get Soto. It just feels like we're being used. Like, the Cardinals, there have been names floated out there, but it's kind of like, it's not like a bunch of reporters putting out names. It's more of, at least from what I've seen, it's more of MLB Network just floating out trade proposals because they know, hey, this guy has to be in it because you're acquiring Juan Soto, you know? So you got to give up your top two prospects or whatever. So they're just making predictions, you know? Um, and Steve, I'll get to those super chats, okay? I'll get to those super chats, but I did want to get to the series finale, uh, or excuse me, not the series finale, the first game, the series finale the Padres won today. We already talked about that. But uh, game one... Padres, five home runs in this game. They wore the City Connects. By the way, they wore the City Connects yesterday on Saturday. Why? I understand they hit five home runs the night before. 
Those jerseys are meant for Friday. And now the undefeated streak in the City Connect jerseys are over. You know, totally blew it. I know Musgrove wanted them, and so I can't, like, be totally pissed off about it. Uh, and I am kind of am just joking around. But those are meant for Fridays. Keep them for Friday, please. You know? They're still undefeated on Fridays when they're supposed to be worn. And they were worn on Friday. Five home runs the Padres hit. This game was amazing to be at. Obviously seeing the jerseys and then seeing Snell pitch well. He loves, wasn't it the last City Connect start? He he uh, pitched pretty well too at home. I think it was, was it the Giants? that he, It might have been the Phillies. Was it the Phillies? It was either the Phillies or the Giants, I think. And he pitched pretty well in that City Connect game as well. Um, so maybe Snell should be the designated Friday City Connect starter. You know? Maybe. Uh, he went in this game six innings, gave up one earned run. He only walked one guy. Usually he's walking like three guys, struck out seven, uh, gave up four hits. And then Lamette, Wilson, Hill came in behind him, didn't give up any runs. Wilson and Lamette didn't give up any hits, no walks among those three relievers. And they combined to strike out four guys in those three innings of relief. So a great day from the pitching staff. And this was like the perfect game. I mean, they lit up Joe Ryan, uh, the Twins' young pitcher. Kim had another stolen base. Um, Hosmer, I mean, hitting that home run to dead center. Voigt had the home run. Kim, uh, Hosmer to center. Manny to left. Alfaro opposite field to right. I was watching that. I was. I didn't know if that was going to get out. It got out. Um, just it was a great night. And I know the players post game or, or Bob Melvin, I think it was post game. He was talking about how, hey, this first game shows that we can do this. We have the power. And it's like, all right, chill out. Take a chill pill, Bob. Chill out. You're not hitting five home runs every game. I mean, just go ahead. Just go back to the Detroit series or go to Saturday's game. You know, where they came back to life or came back down to earth. Um, where they went two for 10 with runners in scoring position, left eight guys on base. I think they had a runner on second to start an inning with no outs, didn't score him. Like, just come back down to earth a little bit there. And then how, how about today's game where they scored three runs? Yeah, it, it was a good win. But, um, I mean, how many base runners did they have? Let me see here. In the first one, two, well, that was a home run. They had two base runners through the first five innings. Yeah, two base runners, I think, through the first five innings, if I'm counting that up right. So just, yeah, he was excited on Friday about the Padres' offense and Oh, this this proves that we have it. No, no, not really. I don't think so. Hosmer's not going to hit a home run to dead center every night. You know, Hassan Kim's not going to be homering every night. I know Tatis will replace him, and maybe he does. But this current team, no, you don't. Still, it was a good win. Don't want to beat, you know, a total party pooper. Uh, but the Padres won that one. It's not a whole lot to talk about because of how great the game was. Five home runs, you're going to win that game. They definitely should win the game, and they blew them out. 10 to, what, 1? So, 
where the Padres stand now after winning this Minnesota series. You know, my takeaways, obviously, the starting pitching, they pitch good, all three of them. Snell, Musgrove, and then Manaya today, they all pitch good. That was encouraging to see, and then they got Clevenger tomorrow. That's the only starter the Padres have named in this five-game series. Antonio Senzatella will be going for the Rockies tomorrow at 640. Uh, but right now, the Padres are 57 and 46. And they have a one-and-a-half game lead on a wild-card spot, I believe. Or maybe they're one-and-a-half up on Philly. I think they're one-and-a-half up on Philly. And then St. Louis is a game back of Philly for that final wild-card spot. The Giants are four-and-a-half. So they got to be better than one of the two teams, one of the two following teams, Philly or St. Louis. If they can be better than one of those teams, they'll at least have the third wild-card spot by the end of the season. The Giants... I think they're making Carlos Rodon available on the trade market, Jock Peterson as well, Brandon Belt maybe a little bit, and they're trying to go acquire controllable guys. So maybe they're buying and selling, but I, I don't believe in them. Uh, and obviously after that, I mean, Miami's eight games back, Colorado's nine and a half, Arizona's nine and a half, Chicago's 13, Cincinnati's 14 and a half, Pittsburgh's 15, Washington's 20 and a half. Like, holy cow, Washington's run differential with Juan Soto is a negative 168. Jeez, yeah, they need some talent back. Wow. Uh, but yeah, the Padres, they have the second wild card spot right now. So if the season ended today, I know that's weird to say. If the season ends today, the Padres would be playing in Atlanta for that wild card series. And I'd like their chances. I know you'd like it to be at home, but I've, I don't know the splits, but it feels like they play better on the road than at home, or at least most of the season. I think they're... I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I assume an upgrade's coming. And even if like they sh get shut out at the trade deadline, which, again, I, I doubt is going to happen for two straight years, but if they do, they're still having Tatis get back. They're still having the bullpen reinforcements coming. Um, you know, I still think they're better than Philly. Or St. Louis. you got to be better than one of those teams to get the third wild card. I think they're better than one of those two. Now, if Juan Soto goes to the Cardinals and Bryce Harper comes back for the Phillies, we might have a different conversation. But as rosters stand right now, I would still think the Potters are better than one of those two teams. All right. So we talked about uh, the Minnesota series. So Monday's game against Colorado, big five-game series. Thank goodness it is not in Colorado because they can't win there, at least win series. So tomorrow's game's at 640, Sentatella against Clevenger. Tuesday, the doubleheader, 110, trade deadline day, August 2nd, 110, Colorado and the Padres. That's game one. Game two is at 710, and the deadline is at 3 o'clock in the middle of that first game, so it'll probably be like the fifth or sixth inning when that's happening. Wednesday game, will be that would be game four of the series, I think. Yeah, game four of the series, that's at 640. That's the Wednesday night game. I think it's the hoodie giveaway. Uh, again, no starters have been named for that. Same thing with Thursday. 110 is the series finale. Um, Padres 57 and 46. Colorado is 46 and 57. Then after the Colorado series, you got three at Dodger Stadium against the Dodgers. So let's take, I mean, if you could take four to five, I know it's going to be tough to do that. Five game series, you know, three and two, you'd probably be. Happy with that. But the trade deadline is coming on Tuesday. 
So hopefully Wednesday and Thursday they have Juan Soto in the lineup. Get what I'm saying there? Or Contreras or Hap or both of those guys. Um, so maybe it'll be different. And then they'll have a better chance of beating the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium as well. Maybe they get some relief help or they trade for another starter. I think they're going to trade for offense help and bullpen help before uh, starter, but that's just me. Um, good question here by Steve. Here's the super chat. Sorry for taking a little bit to get to it. I was just talking about the twin series. Predictions for the trade deadline. I mean, obviously, I would hope the Padres get Juan Soto. But like I said at the beginning, it just feels like the Dodgers are just going to come poop on us again, and we're just going to get used. And so I, I feel like he's just going to go to the Cardinals or the Dodgers. You hope Preller will get desperate and just give up James Wood, but it feels like James Wood is kind of one of the guys that's holding it back right now. Um, I saw a report about that yesterday. So I'm going to lean towards the Padres acquiring Wilson Contreras and then a reliever as my prediction. That might change in the next 24 hours or something uh, based on reports, but um, I don't want to go all out and say, Padres are getting Soto because I'm just, I just have that thought in the back of my head, you know, like I've already been talking about. So I'll say Contreras they get, and then maybe a reliever. And then thank you for the super chat, by the way, Steve. Anyone here that's watching live here, you can hit that super chat button in the comments if you want to support the channel. If it's on replay, I believe there's going to be the super thanks button that you can press uh, to support the channel as well. So I appreciate all of you guys. Steve again with another one. Thank you. If Los Angeles gets Soto, should the Padres give up? Well, no. What do you mean give up? Like, they're still a playoff team even if they don't get Soto. The division's already out of their reach, I think. So the Dodgers getting Soto is not, that shouldn't change the Padres' approach to making the postseason. Like, the Dodgers are in. The Padres need to focus on getting in through the wild card, and I think they will. They can worry about that. They can worry about the Dodgers with Soto this coming weekend uh, when they face him at Dodger Stadium, and then they can worry about Soto with the Dodgers when they face off in the playoffs, if they do, in the probably the NLDS is what it would be. So, no, you don't give up. I mean, you you brought in Bob Melvin, Shamanaya, Taylor Rogers, Nick Martinez, uh, Jorge Alfaro. I'm probably forgetting some people. Voight, you brought in a lot of guys here to try to win. Suarez, Garcia, a lot of guys you brought in in the offseason and the last few years, you don't do that. Darvish Snell the last couple of years, uh, Musgrove as well. You don't do that just to give up, oh, because the Dodgers landed Soto. Like, no. You should take that, actually. You know what you should be doing is saying, okay, at least the Cardinals didn't get him. Now let's go get Contreras. And there you go. We upgraded our offense. And then you just see... Again, you just meet the Dodgers down the line if that's the situation that arises, you know? But no, you don't give up. You're already, you're going a lot. You're going in right now. Are they going to go all, all in if they're going to get Soto? Or when they get, are they going to go all in by getting Soto? There, there we go. That's what I meant to say. We'll see. Uh, but you go in. You know, you're, you're pretty much going all in right now. So, no, it would be dumb to just give up, I think. You don't go this far just to come this far. I know I said that, I think, yesterday. 
Um, just trying to see any more comments here. Kevin says eight homers in the series against the Twins. Have you seen any changes to the hitting approach early on? We were very patient and working pitchers and looking for walks. Are we selling out for power now? I mean, I don't know if there's a change in the approach. Like Luke Voigt, still Luke Voigt. He connected. You know, that ball was like a punt, like he was saying post game on Friday, right? Profar, he got into a couple. He's not a home run hitter. Like, I don't think his approach has changed. He's still leading off and all that. That should be the same approach. I think it's twins, batters leaving stuff over the middle of the plate. Um, you know, Hassan Kim, it, you know, some of these home runs from Profar and Kim, I'm not trying to bring those guys down. I'm just saying those guys aren't power hitters. So you shouldn't expect Profar and Kim to continue hitting home runs, you know, the rest of the year, like consistently. That's not who they are. You know, Manny, yeah, you can because it's Manny. I don't, I haven't looked like deep into any film or anything, but I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't think that there's changes to their hitting approach. I think. It was a great offensive series, and they capitalized, at least on home runs, on pitches that were mistakes. Dakota says, Goldie, Arenado, and Soto would be nasty. All right, thanks, Cardinals fan. Um, you know else, what else would be nasty? Manny, Tatis, Crony, and Soto. That would be nasty. And you add... Um, Contreras in there I don't think the Padres would have to give up the same prospects in a Contreras deal that they would in a Soto deal like imagine if they get Soto and Contreras like I know I'm probably dreaming there um because I just talked about my I mean my prediction is that the Padres get Contreras and they don't really get so they don't get Soto just the pessimistic Padre fan in me I guess um but yeah Tatis Manny and Soto would be nasty I think it would be better than Goldie, Arenado, and Soto. I know Goldie's having a great year, but Manny's better than Arenado. So that would be nasty. All right. Any other questions, any other comments before I get out of here? I'm probably going to go work on that breakdown about Bob Melvin getting ejected. For the podcast listeners, maybe that breakdown's already up on the YouTube channel by the time you're listening to this. But yeah, I think that's going to do it. This has been episode 207 of the Talking Ferraris podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. I encourage you to hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Just search up Talking Friars. I appreciate all the support. You can find me at Talking Friars on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you want to be a part of a future show, you can dial the voicemail number. Let me pull that up real quick. 619-337-5770, I think is what it is. Let me make sure to check. Yeah, 619-335-5770. 619-335-5770 is the voicemail number if you want to be featured in an upcoming episode. So Padres take two out of three against Minnesota. Trade deadline coming up less than 48 hours away. It's a busy, busy time. Stay tuned for the Padres content. All right, see everybody. Go Padres.